Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Line, it means BigZ.com. Our next guest joins us by way of the, the, the phone, not passenger uh, carrier pigeon or, or anything like that. We're going with the phone today. Senator Roger Cates, he represents the folks up in Senate District 15, including Augusta, China, Oakland, Sydney, and Vassalboro. Prior to his legislative service, he was the mayor of Augusta for two terms. Senator Cates, how are you? Hey, good morning, Matty. I'm fine, thanks. It's, it's a beautiful day up here in Augusta. Well, that's always, it's always nice to hear. I can't imagine you can say that all the time up in Augusta, but regardless, I mean, it's, uh, it's always got to be nice. Uh, it sounds like you got a pretty good, that Vassalboro community in Sydney, those are, those are beautiful spots up in the summertime, too, like to, to just are. go randomly driving through. You know, I think all 35 senators will tell you they represent the most beautiful district in the state, but I think I do. Yeah, you know, you're definitely, uh, you're, you're in the top five, uh, that's, that's for sure. Um, let's jump right into things here. Um, it's it's budget time, which is always fun, and it it, it seems like uh, it's always a little fun. And by fun, I mean contentious uh, with folks. Uh, do you do you support the proposed biennial budget proposed by Governor LePage? Well, Maddie, we just got the budget document um, late last Friday night, and, and as you may know, I mean it's about you know, several hundred pages long. It it contains everything from. Um, the Department of Agriculture, the Human Services, the Education—it's a—it's a very comprehensive document, and it's the—it's the most important thing the legislature does is pass a budget because it really does set our our spending priorities um, for for the next two years. So there's things to like, and there's there's things uh, that I think are going to be controversial. Uh, the governor has has proposed a has brought back his idea for tax reform which is essentially um, lowering the income tax but broadening uh, the sales tax. And uh, that idea was, was floated a couple of years ago, never went terribly far, so uh, it's a little uncertain how that's going to go. Governor's also talked about, about cutting back on, on uh, the, the size of the budget significantly, cutting out 500 jobs, and that's um, ultimately going to have uh, an impact on, on programs and services. Um, he, he has also uh, suggested a major change in the way our education funding uh, has, has, uh, is done. Um, that's, a, that's a big, complicated thing in and of itself. So um, there's a lot to digest. I, I, it's really difficult to, to predict what's going to happen. So let me state the obvious, that, that a, a lot of the governor's budget will be changed by the legislature because that's always, always what happens. Um, I don't think that there's going to be a huge appetite for cutting out a, a, a large number of programs and services in, in the state of Maine. So I will say that, but um, he, he's, it's an ambitious budget, and I'm lucky enough to be on the Appropriations Committee, which will deal with that, and we're going to begin hearing shortly, and we'll, we'll plow through it. How long do you think this is going to take? Do you think this is going to roll in and, and you know, bunch up on deadlines and, and other things? Or do you, do you guys want to get this done as, as quickly as possible? Well, in the biennial budget, which is the first year of the two years, which sets the, the two-year budget, um, there's, no really, there's really no such thing as soon as possible. It's just such a, 
it's such a comprehensive document that we we do have uh, we do hold public hearings and we'll 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 have literally Maddie probably a hundred hours or more of, of oh, wow. public hearings on various aspects of this bill. So the goal is not to do it quickly. The goal is to do it well. Right. And that will extend us uh, certainly into the spring. We are talking with State Senator Roger Cates, and he, of course, is the representative for the people of Senate District Number 15. We'll have more with Senator Cates on the way. It's 7, 11 and a half and 38 degrees. You are listening to Means Big Z. Welcome back. Segment number two, Senator Roger Cates, Senate District 15, joining us this morning by phone. Talk a little bit about, uh, in the first segment, we talked about the biennial budget and a lot to digest there. Would you rather read War and Peace or the budget, uh, the, the budget document, I, Senator I Cates? I love easy questions. War and Peace. <laughs> Much more exciting. I actually, the biggest thing with War and Peace is if you actually download it off the iTunes store, it'll actually clear up space in your iPhone. So it's like one of my favorite things. It's like one of the highest rated things of all time because people can go in there and clear up space on their phone. It's funny. What, um, can you tell me a little bit about the uh, Death with Dignity dignity legislation. Yeah, th- th- thanks for the opportunity to do that, Maddie. This is a bill that I, that I introduced last legislature. It came close to passing, but just didn't have quite enough votes. This death with dignity bill is, is the idea that at, at the end of life that people ought to have an, an opportunity to have more control over the way their life gets ended. And essentially, it, it, it duplicates a system that's been very, very successful in Argonne. And, and it essentially says that if a, a, a competent person um, is diagnosed by a couple of different doctors with less than six months to live, and, and they go through a rather robust procedure to make sure that everybody's, that this, this is voluntary and nobody's pressuring them and it's really what they want to do, that the, the person could get prescribed uh, medication to end their life in the last months. Um, it, it, there's just, I think we can all agree, there's just too much suffering that goes on at the end of life. And, and people ought to, the, the idea is that people ought to have more control, ought to be able to make their own decisions about the manner in which their life ends. So this has been in place in Oregon for about 20 years now. Um, and it, it isn't used often. Um, and but but there haven't been really any uh, signs of abuse of the of the law out there, and it just gives people a choice. The, the the poster child for this was a woman named Brittany Maynard, and you may have remembered seeing her a couple years ago out in, in Oregon. She had a an inoperable brain tumor, and it was just a matter of of how quickly she was going to die in her final weeks and months, and and she wanted the opportunity to to, to not have to go out through all the suffering of the last weeks and, and, and be able to take some pills to, to end that. And this law uh, enabled her to do so. And she was very articulate about why she wanted to have that personal choice. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, we have people deciding for other people whether they can live or die all the time. Why can't the people that decide who's living the life, if they can make their own decisions? I think that's, I think that's a super common sense thing. So, uh, Good, good call on that, Senator. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a tough one. I mean, there are people. It's with not easy. No religious, religious objections to it. I get that, um, but um, again, we, we 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 let people make healthcare decisions throughout their life. <clears throat> this, in a sense, is the last healthcare decision. And as long as there are safeguards in place, we just think that people ought to have that 
that right and keep government out of that decision. Yes. I'm a big fan of that phrase, keep government out. Like that's a big, that's a big, uh, Emma, those top, those top three words, if you can say that with everything and then lead stuff behind it, I'm usually pretty happy with that sort of thing. So I I feel like the voters around the country have been too, especially with the, uh, the results of the last few elections. So talking about the the, the polling on this, to the extent that that matters, the polling on this is very strong. A, A large majority of Americans and a large majority of Mainers believe that if this system is put in place again with adequate safeguards that the people ought to have that right. It's their right and not the government's right. Talking with State Senator Roger Cates from District 15. We'll have two more segments with him on the way. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Maine's Big Z. Welcome back. It's The Breakfast Club, Maine's Big Z. More music, better variety, always online at mainsbigz.com. State Senator Roger Cates joining me now for segment number three. He's been here all hour. If you missed uh, the first two segments of the interview, you can catch it online at mainsbigz.com. So, uh, Senator Cates, uh, Oakland, which is one of the towns in your district, uh, once the uh, the marijuana uh, legalization effort passed, uh, had a put a moratorium on it, and it seems like uh, a lot of towns and, and communities around the state are are kind of following in their lead a, a little bit here. Uh, do you think the legislature should enact a moratorium on legal marijuana? And if so, what, what aspects do you think need to be addressed on this? Yeah, I, I think that you know, the, the general idea that, that possession of small amounts will be legal, um, perhaps that can go into effect right away. You know, look, the voters voted to legalize the, the, the possession of marijuana, and I, and I get that and I understand that, and we will honor the wish of the voters but I think it's incumbent on us to, to kind of put a hold on the rest of it for right now, Maddie, and not, to, not, not for any other reason other than to get it right. We only have one chance to get this right. And the whole scheme of regulation, uh, how we're going to tax it, how we're going to uh, make, ensure that, that edibles are safely packaged and we can keep them out of the hands of kids, how dosages are going to be or restraint is going to be appropriately labeled, What's the retail, what kind of retail regulation are we going to have on the sale? What's the relationship going to be with the, the already existing medical marijuana system we have? These are, these are really important questions, and we only get one chance to get it right the first time. And um, I, I, I think we should do it slowly and deliberately and get it right and not make the kinds of mistakes that we've perhaps seen other mistakes, uh, excuse me, other states make. So... Um, if it's going to take a, a little longer than, than, than some people like, um, I think that's a trade-off worth making to, to make sure we, we do it right. There's, there's a huge amount at stake here. There might be some argument on the other side that you already have a pretty successful uh, medical marijuana program here in the state of Maine that, that has some pretty solid regulations and uh, some pretty, thing, uh, pretty good things done with that. It, is it not just... Is there too much intricacy to just take the take the way that this is going to be uh, with, with the new law and kind of model that after after what's been done on the medical marijuana side here in Maine, which has been thriving now for a few years? Yeah, I think it's more than that. I mean, the, we'll certainly be informed and learn from the medical marijuana model, but of course, there are only I think it's five or six dispensaries across the state, Maddie, and and we're now talking about a, a situation where there might be retail stores and. In, in, dozens or even perhaps hundreds of places in the state of Maine, and we, we, 
want to make sure that you know and there there are other issues too for instance um, we're going to once it's legalized presumably we're going to have a lot more people using it that means a lot more people driving their vehicles after using it we need to figure out how we're going to deal with those kinds of public safety issues um, whether we need to for instance as i think spend some money to make sure that every police department in the state has a drug recognition a trained officer so we can we can deal with the the public safety issues on our highways, those kinds of things. So there's there's a lot to do, and and it um, it really cuts across a, a number of different legislative committees. There's pub, there's public safety issues. There's human service issues. There's general regulatory issues. There's there's criminal as I say criminal justice issues. So um, you're trying to coordinate the legislature in a way that we can come out with a coherent scheme of regulation. I, I think. Um, Perhaps outside the budget, it's the most important thing we have to do this year. Talking with State Senator Roger Cates from District Number 15. Coming up, we're going to talk about the tip credit, whether it should be reinstated. And also, we'll touch base on question number two. You're listening to The Breakfast Club, Maine's Big Z. Welcome back to segment number four of The Breakfast Club. Maddie, be with you here on a Friday. State Senator Roger Cates with me as well from District 15, Senate District number 15. We've been talking about a myriad of issues today. We talked about the budget. We talked about legal marijuana. We talked about a couple different things here, the death with dignity legislation. If you missed any of this interview so far, you can catch it on demand at mainsbigz.com. I'm going to touch base on two more things here before I let Senator Cates get back to work. And, uh, First one is uh, going to be on the tip credit. Of course, uh, the minimum wage uh, being raised by the voters in November uh, changed the way the tip credit was done. And there are a lot of servers, well, they're they're crying foul because they think they're going to get stiffed on this, Senator Cates. No pun intended. Well, yeah, excuse me, every <laughs> every pun intended there. Every single pun intended. Well, they, I think they're going to get stiffed, too. I mean, I think people... People voted for the minimum wage increase. There's no question about it, and we will we will honor that. I don't know that most people understood the impact this was going to have on the restaurant industry. Right now, waiters, uh, restaurants have to pay waiters have to make sure waiters make minimum wage, but they can do so by paying half the minimum wage, and then making sure that the waiters or waiters waitresses get uh, tips that will fill that gap up to the minimum wage. And if that doesn't happen, the restaurant has to make up the difference. The way this law was written, that, that, that passed, um, the restaurant now has to pay the, the server the full minimum wage, and it is going to fundamentally change the way that that the restaurant industry operates in the state of Maine. So that the labor costs for the for the restaurants are going to go up significantly, which means the prices on the menu will have to go up. And I can't find a single server, and I ask every time I go somewhere, I can't find a single server who thinks this is a good idea. So I've got a bill in, and I know a number of others do too, but a bill which would which would reinstate this tip credit so we would go back to the same system we've always had in, in Maine and, and really across the country and not change this particular industry. Again, if it passes, if you, I don't know if you've been to a restaurant where you have a little like um, iPad kind of device on your table and you just order from the tablet and then some server, somebody just brings out and delivers it. That's what we're going to end up with if, if this really does go into effect. A, a lot of people are going to get laid off from 
from working in restaurants will go to a more technology-based system. I don't think that's a good idea. I think the culture of, of, of servers is, is a good one, and I am really hopeful that enough people are going to join this and we'll be able to at least fix this one part of the bill, Matty. Yeah, I, I think that's important, too. I mean, think about it. I mean, the governor's wife actually had to get a part-time job last year to get a, to get a car uh, to, by, by going down and serving. So, I mean, that, when you think about those sorts of things, like there are people like that that do that all the time for different things. That's really going to take that out of the market. Also, I think, cut down a lot on the... Uh, on the college kids that want to come home and work during the summertime as well. I just think there's some long-lasting effects to this. That, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I go to breakfast quite often at the downtown diner in Augusta. And if I don't work hard on this, I'm going to be in big trouble <laughs> as a personal person. As someone who uh, eats a lot of breakfast out, uh, yes, I would, I would totally agree with that. Um, last question for you, um, kind of a two-part question. Question number two uh, from last November's ballot, is that going to improve the quality of education here in Maine, and what impact do you think the tax hike will have on our economy if it isn't addressed by the legislature? Yeah, question two, of course, is the, the one which said we're going to spend more money on education in Maine, but we're going to do so by raising the tax on, on earners, who, who families that make over $200,000 a year, and put an extra surcharge on those people. And, and by the way, in doing so, make Maine the highest taxed state in the country uh, for people making between 200000 and a million dollars a year. Um, to me, the message was we ought to spend more money on education. And I think the legislature has heard that message, and we will honor that, that will of the people. I think it's probably less important how we get there. And I think that instituting this surcharge on, on job creators is going to be terrible for the main economy. I've already gotten unsolicited letters from two different accountants that I know saying that they have clients, particularly who live near the New Hampshire border, who are figuring out how they're going to be able to, to move their businesses out of the state of Maine because this is just too much. Hospitals are going to have indicated they're going to have trouble recruiting doctors to Maine if we're the highest tax state in the country. So I, I hope what the legislature, I think it will be really devastating to the to the main economy. I, I truly do. I agree with the governor on this. So I think our job ought to be, let's figure out a way to get more money into education this session, but let's not do it by uh, this mechanism, which I, I, will just really damage the main economy. That's going to be a challenge. I don't know where that money is going to come from. Maybe marijuana is part of the, the, that solution. I, I don't know. Maybe <clears throat> broadening the sales tax is part of the solution, but I think we get a do this in a way which is which is helpful and, and doesn't hurt us. We are talking with State Senator Roger Cates, District Number Fifteen. Of course, you know that. I, I'm sure everybody listening knows that District Senate District Fifteen is Augusta, China, Oakland, Sydney, and Vassalboro. But if they don't, I'll tell them anyways. <laughs> Senator Cates, thank you very much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Maddie. And go Patriots! Yes, absolutely. We'll have more on the way. It's Maine's Big Z. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.